Hello, and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dylan, and today I wanted to talk about something important to me, which is video games. Now, I've always considered myself to be something of, uh, of a gamer. Ever since I was even six years old, I was playing World of Warcraft, and I was playing Flash games on my family computer. And the more I matured and the more video games I played, the more I realized just how much work goes into every single video game. For the AAA titles, the the ones that have budgets of millions of dollars released by these incredible, huge gaming companies, they take three to five years to make with teams of hundreds and hundreds of developers. Every single step of the process is painstaking and needs to be refined and sharpened over the course of the development time. And when a game doesn't get that time, it's glaringly, glaringly obvious. So I want to take some time today and celebrate just how hard the developers work. And I'm going to do that by walking through every step of the game development process. Now, first step, planning, pitching, the story, how the game is going to feel, how it's going to look. This is essentially the game's story writer trying to convince the CEO and the board members to give this game a shot. After it's been approved, then comes concept. Concept is a stage in which everyone tries to figure out how to make this game a reality, and that's much easier said than done, because you have to consider what can the game engine sustain? How can we make it so that you, the players feel as though they're actually doing the actions that we will have the protagonist do? How is it that we get what's in our heads into action? And this isn't a room full of people thing. This is everyone in the company is working to figure out how to make gameplay work, how to make the storyline work, how to make voice acting work. Just every This stage is mostly about pure logistics. After this stage is done, then comes prototyping, which is trying to see how each of these individual aspects function on their own. This is where you have your voice actors say test lines. This is where you have all your game mechanics tested out in programs. This is where you try and generate a full map that you've had designers create. After it's proven that every piece of the puzzle is shaped the way you want it, then comes the hardest and longest part, production. If every step before this takes, let's say, one year, Production is going to take two years. Production is so difficult that a lot of games are trapped in what's called production hell, where something just isn't working correctly, and the game never comes out. Production is where everything that's been tested is put into action and put together. It's where all the levels that people designed and all the mechanics that people designed and this is where a lot of problems will crop up because so, so many things could go wrong here, which is why production takes so long. Some ideas need to be completely and totally thrown out because they just conflict with every other aspect of the game, and then you have to find something to fill in that hole that's been left. 
Therefore, everyone in every department is just working as hard as they can to polish, shine, and make the game as good as they possibly can. And I believe that's to be commended. And I don't think that they get nearly the appreciation they should. Because even if you don't like a game, you can't ignore just how much people worked on it. Alright, so we're going to go ahead and go to commercial break. Afterwards, I'm going to be talking to my friend Tristan, who is a 3D artist in training. And we're going to learn a lot more about that specific step. Alright, so stay tuned. Hey there, listener. Are you interested in doing what we do? Well, it is easier now than ever to start a podcast. You just need to go to anchor.fm on your browser, and it will give you all the steps necessary to not only start your own podcast, but to get it monetized as well. And it will automatically distribute it to Spotify and other platforms. Again, that's anchor.fm on your browser. Get started today. Hello and welcome back. This is Dylan here with my good friend Tristan. Yes, and today, Tristan, you're tr- you're trained to be a 3D artist. Am I right? Yeah, university. All right. So, how about you tell me a little bit about very bare bo- bones take on what it takes to become a 3D artist, what's involved in the work, just the gist. Well. I think the foundation of it all is just a good, like, understanding of how things come apart. Because a big part of 3D modeling and 3D art is not just making the object, but making it, you know, look good. There's the sculpting part, which I'm just speaking generally, is probably one of the easier parts. Um, And what goes into sculpting? It generally, you start with uh, a basic object, you know, a square, a sphere, cylinder, and essentially you push and pull different parts in different ways, depending on the, the software, until you get the desired shape of what you're modeling. If it's something um, rigid, like a sword or a gun, it's pretty simple. If you're doing something like a face, it's a lot softer. But in all cases, you have to sort of texture it. You have to make it look realistic. And that's where it gets a bit more complicated. Because you have to realize how to lay a 3D object flat. Mm. Okay. And besides laying the 3D object flat, what else goes into the actual texturing process? Well, that uh, comprises a couple of things. There, you could do a what's called a bump map, in which you essentially get that flat 2D uh, version of your model, and then you can uh, pull it into something like Photoshop, and it comes at 50% gray, which is just halfway in between uh, 100% white, 100% black in Photoshop. And I believe the way it works is because it's been a while since I've done a bump map is black pushes inward and white pulls outward. So then when you're rendering the object, anything that's darker sort of gets pushed in. It's sort of a way of adding a bit of difference on a surface without modeling it yourself. Because if you model all the differences on on a surface, that'll take up a lot of render time. 
Okay. And how long would you say, would you guess it to take for like a one fully fledged artist to make a video game worthy character? A video game for one person? Yeah, r- roughly how long do you think it would take a single, Ooh. very skilled, but just one person to A do single, it? very skilled 3D artist could probably create a good render of a character in, I want to say, close to a month. Okay. Video game worthy takes a couple more steps programming-wise than art-wise, but... Yeah, because you have to get the, besides the model itself, you have to get the actual animation and movements and how everything interacts. In the past, you have you would have to actually um, create a normal map, which sort of, a normal map just sort of makes everything a little bit less high quality so that it can run smoother in a game. That's what used to have happen, but... Nowadays, you can just plop the model straight in. Yeah, because the gaming engines are becoming so much more advanced and got all the bells and whistles. Yeah, now you just you make something as high quality as you can and you throw it in. Nice. And then it's just up to the programmers. And I don't know anything about the programming <laughs> yet. All right. Well, if you are interested in learning more about 3D artistry, then you can take the same course that Tristan is taking, which is... I'm taking the online game art bachelor's course at Full Sail University. Exactly. So if you're interested, go ahead and sign up there. And thank you for your time, Tristan. Thank you. And thank you, you, viewer. Hello, and welcome back.